Welcome to Pursuing Truth. I'm your host, Barry Watkins. Hello and uh, welcome to Pursuing Truth. Um, Today we're going to talk about um, discrimination. So uh, we're going to talk about um, LGBT issues a little bit and as well as um, racial discrimination, things that divide us as human beings. And um, I want to look at, uh, you know, the truth versus the lies about the, uh, about these subjects and how do we tell the difference? How do we decide what our stance is going to be on some of these things? So when it comes to LGBT, um, that's a big, you know, big subject that's been in the news a lot lately. And I think, uh, I think it should be. I think, um, you know, we've got various beliefs about this. We've got various factions of the way people, um, you know, believe about LGBT um, things. Okay. So when you've got, um, you know, you've got on the one hand, you've got people that believe that um, uh, somebody that's um, gay or, you know, homosexuality, um, people that are transgender, you know, or, um, all the various gender types that, um, that we recognize now, um, you know, that, that people should be, you've got on the one hand, a group that says people should be respected for who they are. They should be accepted for who they are and that we should teach our children to accept people and to respect people regardless of, where they stand on these issues. So somebody that's gay, somebody that's, um, you know, uh, a couple that's a single, you know, same sex couple, things like that, um, that we should create a society where those people are respected and where we're all respected and given the freedom to be who we're you know, born to be, you know, things like that. And then, so you've got that um, response to these issues. And then you've got the other response that says, well, no, um, all of those things are wrong. You know, being a homosexual, being a transgender, you know, all of these things are deviant behavior and they're wrong and they're sinful and they're evil. And if we were to accept these things, then we're fighting against God. We're fighting against nature, you know, people think. And uh, so a lot of it, a lot of that side is grounded in religion where people take the Bible and they say, look, the Bible says that homosexuality is a sin. It says that a man dressing as a woman is a sin, you know, things like that. And um, who are we to argue with the Bible? You know, you either believe it or you don't. So if you, you know, and so in their mind, um, following the Bible is really, you know, the most important thing. And, you know, I can tell you that the conservative side of believing on that um, doesn't necessarily mean that they're hateful people, you know, that they just hate gays, you know, or something like that. Because, um, and I can tell you this with confidence, I was one of them. I, I for years, was a Christian. Uh, conservative Bible believer who 
accepted the idea that, oh yes, all of these behaviors are against God. And if I really love someone, if I really care about someone, I'm not going to accept the idea that they're choosing this path. You know, that's one of the differences in, you know, in the way that we approach this is, is it a choice or is it not a choice? You know, um, and who are we going to listen to? Are we going to listen to science or are we going to listen to religion and tradition? You know, it's, it's interesting. Um, there are progressive religious people who kind of listen to both and they say, look, um, we can, you know, you can be a believer in God. You can believe, be a believer in the Bible and uh, in religion, but still understand that science can inform us as well. So you've got that third option of kind of uh, taking science and the Bible and kind of putting them together and saying, look, does the Bible inform us about certain things? And then does science inform us about certain things? And, you know, wisdom is to, or the right way is to put the two together and say, yeah, we can come, we can inform ourselves with science and with religious tradition. You know what I mean? And we don't have to throw away one to accept the other, you know? Um, but in the end, I think one of these has to win out. It's, it's gotta be either science or religion that's correct on this, you know? Um, you know, and I'm going to, I'm going to look at science because it's based in fact, it's based in true reality. You know, it's based in data that you can observe. You know, I think science tells us, um, when it comes to homosexuality, it comes to all these issues, you know, trans issues and all of that, that, um, people are born with these orientations, you know, and that it's not a choice that someone makes. You know, um, one of the things about the conservative approach to these is that, you know, if it's considered sinful behavior, if it's considered a sin to be homosexual or to be a transgender, you know, uh, those things, uh, you know, in order for it to be a choice, I, or in order for it to be sinful behavior, doesn't that imply that it has to be a choice? Yeah, I think so. Um, but the truth is when we look at the research and we look at reality in people's lives that have experienced these things, it, it's not a choice. It's something you're born with. You're born one way or the other. And, uh, you know, for us to deny that, I think it's just flying in the face of reality. It's just, uh, ignoring reality. You know, I've got, um, several friends who are really you know, very good examples of this in my own mind that, that I had to learn, you know, about this, you know, I'm, I'm a straight man, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, a straight guy, uh, cisgendered. Okay. And, uh, but I, you know, I have a couple of friends, you know, I have a friend that's gay for instance, and, uh, we grew up together. And, um, <clears throat> at one point I remember having a conversation with him uh, many years ago. And we were sitting down and talking about this and, and he was like, you know what? I just wish people would accept me for who I am, you know? 
I, I just want that. You know, I really want to be accepted that this is, this is who I am. And at the time I was a conservative Christian and I was like, Oh no, you know, you don't, <laughs> you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, no, you don't have to accept that that's who you are because the Bible says you can overcome these things. The Bible says it's sinful. So obviously if you turn to God and let God change you, God can change you. You know, that's the way I used to think. Truth is, we see this over and over again. Uh, the research is, is very um, evident that um, trying to change those things is just, is very harmful. It really does hurt people, you know? And uh, so you've got all of that conversion therapy that people try to go through and, and all the different um, spiritual avenues of, you know, changing your orientation by submitting it to God and letting God heal you, you know, quote, and, um, you know, through prayer and through Bible reading and all of this and just, you know, brainwashing really even, you know, or just go, you know, hey, you know, they'll say, just go get married, you know, tell a gay man, just get married to a woman and you'll be fine. Yeah, it's like, you need to work through this and, and be who God meant for you to be, right? Um, but it doesn't work, you know, and, and uh, in fact, those you know, the people that were teaching that back, uh, you know, 20 years ago, it's funny. Uh, one of the guys turned out, oh, yep. Well, he was one of the leaders of the uh, Exodus, I guess, uh, ministry. And it was one of those conversion therapy type ministries where, you know, they were saying, yes, you can change people. And uh, they had this whole method that they would do. And the leader of the ministry turned out oh he was cheating on his wife with a man he was he was still living a hidden gay lifestyle and, and he had claimed for years that he was cured you know and stuff and it just yeah it just doesn't work well where does that leave us you know um i, I think the science tells us yeah people are born this way and we might as well accept it i think it kind of clearly tells us yeah the bible's characterization of this is just wrong it's it's just it's rooted the the idea that homosexuality is a sin that these things are sinful that people need to repent from their sin and change you know no um yeah the bible's plainly wrong the bible's message in that regard was rooted in old traditions and then it was rooted in a time period thousands of years ago where we didn't have science and we didn't, you know, we just didn't have the data that would um, lead people to make the, the right decisions in these things. So yes, is it time that we change our culture to accept these things as being okay? Yeah, I think it's time. It's time that we treat people with respect and with kindness, you know, and regardless of your beliefs, you know, whether you're a believer in God, not a believer in God, believer in the Bible, not a believer in the Bible. Let's face facts. Let's look at science and let it guide our decisions on this. Is it possible that, yeah, to be a believer, but to understand that, okay, maybe the Bible has it wrong in a couple of spots? Yeah, I think that that's something that we can admit. Um, you know, and I think... Uh, we need to progress in this way 
big time. We need, we do need to teach our children um, how to respect people, you know, and how to accept people for who they are and not to denigrate someone because of a different, you know, sexual orientation or something, you know, a man that feels more comfortable, a biological male that feels more comfortable being a woman and wants to make that transition of something or the other way around a woman that wants to be become a man <laughs> these things are born in people you know and, and i've seen it uh, other examples as well you know i've got a couple of um friends that um uh, i've got one friend that i grew up with that was uh, a female <laughs> a girl that i grew up with and and later i learned oh wow she uh transitioned and she's you know he is a man now and uh you know it was a it was a hard thing for me to understand as just you know i'm a cis cisgendered guy right um it you know it's something that we you know a majority of us are not going to understand necessarily it's not going to be something that we naturally can embrace and say oh sure yeah just you know that's fine. That's, you know, and accept that as something that <laughs> is normal and, and okay. You know, it's just, it's hard to do that, I think, because of our DNA. I, I think we have prejudices built in that, oh, that's somehow wrong, you know, and I think that we have to overcome those with reasoning, but we can learn. And that's something that I've been learning and, uh, you know, how to accept my friend. And, you know, at first my reaction was, oh my gosh, she's kind of really a mess. You know, she really needs to accept who she was born to be. You know, she, she needs to accept that she was born a woman and not try to be a man. You know, uh, I, I felt like she's just going to, you know, going down that path is just going to lead to unhappiness. You know, the fact is she is, he is following you know, what he was born to be, you know, he was born in a woman's body, but he never felt comfortable as a woman, as a female. And I, I, who am I to judge that? I, I finally accepted that after a while. I, I, I saw how happy he is and, you know, he's, you know, coming along just fine, you know, and it's like, come on. I'm the one that needs to reorient my thinking. I'm the one that needs to embrace that for him and say, yep. And for the longest time, I couldn't call him him. You know, it was like, oh, it was always a she. Uh, just because of that in my brain, I just couldn't make that change. But once I made the change and I said, you know what? I, I, I want to support him in the way that he wants to go then that made all the difference. I was like, oh, okay, I finally could make that turn and say, you know what? I can't decide what's best for him. He decided what's best for him, the path he wants to take. And as a friend, I need to support that. You know what I mean? It's not a sinful behavior. I had to get over that, you know? It's, it's a normal behavior for someone who is born that way. And that's what I think that's the difference. You know, it's, it's the same thing with the, um, you know, my gay friend, same thing. You know, it's like, look, he was born that way. He's following what he was born to be, you know? And if I can accept that 
then we're all better off. You know, if we as a society can respect people, you know, and we talk about um, pronouns and, you know, what pronouns you want to call yourself and things like that and recognizing that and and uh, embracing that, I think is a very good thing that we're doing in, in our society. You know, there's people that are speaking against it. And I think I think they're just working out of ignorance. They just really don't know. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, I'd like to get your feedback. Uh, if you have some different thoughts about this, um, I'd like to hear what those thoughts are. We're going to take a break and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Pursuing Truth with Barry Watkins. You know, I think um, <clears throat> I think we need to talk about race as well. You know, racial discrimination. <clears throat> it's another big issue, of course, in the world today and in our in our society in the U.S. Uh, we have plenty of racial, you know, divisions, and uh, we've got. Um, you know, it's interesting. We've got you know two parties, uh, political parties, that have different approaches to race, and um, you know, one party says that um that you know race is not a problem you know you know that's the republican party the conservatives are saying oh yeah race is not a problem we need to treat each other equally you know and uh, we shouldn't um, talk about race you know it's like a non-issue or something and then the other party um says no reality is we still have some serious disparities between the races and we need to address those. You know, we have, we do have racial discrimination that goes on. Um, we do have systemic racism that's still a problem. And um, so which, which way is right? You know, how do you determine which way is right? I, I think, look at the facts, look at the, Look at the true data out there. Um, there was this great um, <clears throat> talk that I heard the other day on uh, uh, with uh, Bill Mayer, um, and he was talking about all the statistics of, you know, when we look at racial disparity, and it's huge. The the statistics are very telling, and and they're very um, alarming if you think about it. Um, you know, some of the things are about uh, poverty and, um, you know, among blacks versus whites. And uh, you've got, um, of course, incarceration rates, which are sky high among blacks and not so sky high among whites. You know, it's, it's and there's these very serious problems with um, how many young black men are incarcerated. It's a huge number. It's like, yeah. I forget the number right right offhand, but um, look up those statistics and tell me that there aren't racial problems in the United States. Of course there are, but if we if we want to fix them, how do we fix them? You know, I think um, both sides first of all need to recognize yes there are problems. Second of all, how to fix them is a big difference when we talk about that. 
um, the liberal progressive approach really hasn't been working very well. Um, you know, we tried and tried to um, fix some of these problems with giving people money, you know, and then we fight back and forth about, okay, how much money is appropriate to give to people? You know, uh, some people say zero help, you know, others say, oh, there should be safety nets, but it shouldn't be a lifestyle that we create for people, a lifelong dependency. I kind of tend towards that one, you know, that the lifelong dependency actually has been a huge problem for black people in the United States. And, um, it's not popular among liberals or progressives to talk about that and or to admit that that's the case. But the truth is, um, I'm going to take a moderate approach to this because I think that's the correct approach. I think that um, the facts will tell us, you know, what we need to know. We need to face the facts and then come together. Republicans and Democrats come together and start talking the same language. And that would be very helpful because we could start recognizing, okay, there's a problem. There is a racial problem here. And the solutions that we've tried in the past haven't worked. Let's admit that as well. Okay. Then we can get somewhere. I heard um, a black author, Jason Riley, one time. There was this uh, talk that I heard where he, he, he gave these statistics about, look, people in before the war on poverty in the 1960s came to be before that time or at that time, black people in America were escaping poverty in great numbers. And, and the numbers were getting better and better at that time. Then all of a sudden we had the war on poverty and, um, Suddenly those numbers just nosedived as far as people escaping poverty. So what happened is we created the, all the incentives be, you know, came along as staying in poverty was where the incentives would lead people. So you had that, um, maintaining a dependency on government money is, is really, has really hurt people. In the long run, it's hurt families and it's hurt people's ability to escape poverty. Um, and let's admit that. Let's move forward and say, well, what's what's the better approach? I think some of the better approaches will include encouraging people and helping people to get good jobs and to work rather than just receiving money, you know, for not working and things like that. And Republicans definitely have been talking like that for years, but we've got to come together where Democrats and Republicans respect each other. And this is not happening, you know, but we've got to have that mutual respectful attitude before we can ever work together, you know, and if one side has to spin it the opposite of the other side, well, then you're never going to, never going to solve problems because Sometimes the Republicans say things that are correct. So if the Democrats constantly have to say, well, we're going to have to spin it the opposite way. I'm just saying that's counterproductive. Let's get together and admit what's true and then work together to find the solutions that work for everyone.
<laughs> but what, you know, let's back up a second. What, what is the source of racism in our country? And what are some things that we need to do to overcome racism? You know, uh, yeah, I think recognizing race, that racism is actually a big factor in holding people down. Um, that has to be, that concession has to be made by a large segment of our population. And the propaganda has to stop in that regard, you know, where people say, oh yeah, it's not about race, it's not racism that keeps people down, you know. Well, what is it that's keeping people down, it, you know? And of course, a conservative kind of a disparaging attitude is that, oh yeah, people are just lazy and, uh, you know, they don't want to work, so that's why they're in poverty. But no, I think... Um, I think we can look at the truth. We can look at the statistics and say, yeah, that that's obviously not the truth. Um, <clears throat> when we admit that racism at every level is a problem. Okay. So the fact that children in school, um, minority children in school have a harder time learning than the white kids do because because of so many factors, you, you know, you've got all these factors and it's hard to talk about these things without offending someone. So that's what we've got to get past. We've got to get past the offenses. We've got to get past the being defensive about everything. And we've got to get to real solutions and real communication. So if we talk in reality, yes, black kids start out with a disadvantage naturally because of various factors. Their parents, when your parents have wealth, it's a whole lot easier for the kids to become wealthy. You know, that's just a matter of fact. You know, if you're born into wealth, you can afford to go to private school. You can afford to go to the best colleges. The parents are gonna pay for it. You know, when you have that kind of an advantage, yeah, that's a built-in advantage. It's really much easier for um, rich white kids to make it. And for the most part, uh, black kids don't have the wealth. They don't have the family wealth. So they're not going to go to private schools. They're not going to go to private colleges. They're going to go to a public school. And if, if they can make it through their public school and do decent, they might get to go to a public college, but it's going to be difficult to do anything else. Those people are not going to make the kind of money that the, that the rich, privileged white kids are going to make. It's just a matter of fact. It's just the way things are. So recognizing facts, recognizing reality, and then saying, hey, what can be done to change that situation? You know, we can come up with real solutions when we actually recognize the real problems. And it's, it, you know, yes, we can say there are complicated issues, but at the same time, we can kind of look at it fairly in fairly simple terms. Like I've just laid out. I mean, why do white kids have an advantage? Boom. There it is. Their parents have money. Their parents are maybe better educated in a lot of cases. You know, when your parents are educated, school comes a lot easier to those kids. If your parents aren't educated as well, then you're going to have more trouble in school. So how is that equal? How is that in any way 
an equal starting point for people. It's not. We've got racial disparities because of these basic disparities from the very beginning of a child's life growing up. It's, it's much more difficult. Then you've got racism in the workplace. You've got people who are still prejudiced against minorities that do the hiring and they're going to hire the white guy before they hire the black guy. And that's just a matter of fact, it's the way it is. And we've got to change that. You know, yes, we've done this for years. We've tried to change this for years. We've had, you know, the whole equal opportunity employment programs and, you know, all of the, the quotas that we've done in the past. And we did away with quotas, you know, in, in a lot of cases over the years. And we need to maybe bring some of the quotas back. I'm just saying, you know, we've got to do whatever it takes to fix, a you know, create a brighter future for all the kids, all the people in our country, regardless of their backgrounds, regardless of their race. You know, we need to end racial discrimination. <laughs> I, I, think, I think it's doable. It's something that I think is not an unsurmountable task. You know, we've made a lot of progress in the time that I've been alive. There, there was huge progress made. You know, I was born in the mid-60s. Look how bad things were in the mid-60s in the United States. In the South, was still segregated at that time, and they, they desegregated. We had integrated schools, and that was the best thing in the world for me, I'm telling you. I went to school with, you know, blacks and whites, and it was kind of a pretty even mix, actually, um, in my high school, uh, Rockledge High School in Florida. And... Uh, you know, back in the 70s. And I learned to relate to people of different races, you know. I learned how to relate to Black people. And that, that was very important. I took PE classes with them and, and all of that. I was in ROTC with them and band and everything, you know. And uh, it was um, so good for me, you know, to have that exposure to play basketball with Black guys on the, you know, in PE and stuff like that. And, um, <clears throat> you know, we've got to, we've got to get back to that. I think we've gotten away from integrating our schools and things like that in a lot of localities. So, uh, you know, here we are. How many years later, you know, 50 years later, and we're still having problems. I think, I think that, um, you know, these are things that we've got to address and a lot of them are political issues that we need to address. So yeah, that's, um, that's that. Uh, I think we can, we can talk some more about race um, and discrimination. Uh, you know, there's plenty, plenty more to talk about, but uh, yeah, I want to hear what you have to say. Uh, give me a message, um, put your comments online and uh, we'll talk. All right. Great talking with you. Thanks for visiting. We'll, uh, we'll see you soon. Bye.